In this episode of the Back Engineering Show, I'd like to discuss the concept of keep alive. Uh, why was it introduced to the TCP stack and later to the HTTP stack? Uh, why? Uh, what were the benefits of introducing it? What obstacles were introduced as a result of introducing it? Right, as a result, the application started not trusting keep alive because of some certain obstacles that were introduced as a side effect really and then finally the disadvantages of doing too much of keep alive and then and then what are the ramifications on the back end when it comes to scaling large backends with, with large keep alive clients let's jump into it Welcome to the Backend Engineering Show with your host, Hussein Nasser. This is the show where we discuss the art and the craft of building software and cover recent news on backend technologies. If you enjoy the show, make sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel and rate it on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. With that said, let's get on the show. Welcome to the Back Engineering Show with your host Hussein Nasser. And uh, the reason I'm talking about keep alive, and you might say a lot, of, a lot of you might say, Hussein, why are you talking about keep alive? Right? Can you talk about more, something more interesting, like something more shiny? Uh, this is not what I do in this channel. I mean, you, you, if you're here, you already know that. All right, I like to talk about the basic stuff, the fundamentals, like things that are the building blocks of everything that we consume today. And uh, you find these pieces of nuggets of gold when you dig into these things. And, and that's what I did. Uh, I was um, I was building a new course on Nginx. Uh, stay tuned for that. It's it's going to come up soon on Udemy, hopefully. Right? And just I took my existing Nginx course and then introduced new content to it and uh, new... Uh, I recorded the whole thing really and just I think a lot of the now that I know more I think that course deserved a revamp kind of a thing I saw it's being approved now by Skillshare and Udemy so stay tuned for that but um, when I was making that course uh, the keep alive timeouts uh, started appearing a lot in, in, in GenX. And I was really curious, why do we have this many keep alive timeouts? And uh, when I dug down into the doc, which are terrible, by the way, in GenX docs are the worst, everybody knows that. Uh, you can't really understand anything from them. You have to look at the code. And I don't, I can't read C code much, but uh, a lot of people write articles about certain timeouts. So that's why I started to put one one and one and one together, two and two together, and trying to understand why these things exist and just make up my own assumptions or things. And that's the whole thing, right? About it. So, and I discovered a lot of things that are really fascinating, man. 
then dive deep into why, when it was introduced and why was it introduced and then I talked about this many times in this channel as well and why it wasn't introduced in HTTP protocol but that was the reason why I'm talking about this now because there are there is history here and I, and I think it's good to shed light on the history uh, I believe we can learn a thing or two from that so the keep alive concept was first introduced in the TCP protocol itself right and if you don't know guys TCP is the transmission control protocol and it's designed to be a connection oriented that means we have to store some sort of a state on both the client and the server uh, mark down certain sequences uh, to mark our packets on both the client and the server uh, have certain so size of a window for the congestion control to know oh this connection is now very congested let's slow down the rate of transmission or oh, this is now open up the bandwidth is really good let's just send more data and then and, and, uh, deals with packets arriving sorry segments arriving out of order uh, segments are the tcp stack ip packets are the layer three right and uh, it will just order these things things that layer three doesn't do right so this is the connection and and you can see the cost of establishing the connection with this three-way handshake which i talked about on this channel so there is incentive to keep this connection running as much as possible right because you want to send data you can't send establish a connection send one byte and then close it and then reestablish a connection and send another byte that doesn't make any sense right the connection is designed for long-running stream of content i want to send a lot of things so i want to open it once send a lot of data and then close it an emphasis on the closing of the connection here the tcp protocol specifically says that if the parties are done with the connection one of the parties should initiate the closing of the connection because you're done that's one way obviously right if you're done you don't you know based on certain context that the other party will not send anything so just eh, close it the other condition is if the connection is not used for a certain amount of time it's idle the parties should also close the connection you might say why this why why are we closing something that is idle has been always the best practice for the longest time since the 80s and the 90s and the two, early 2000s when memory and cpu were scarce 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 right so these idle connections are taking precious memory for things that are uh not being used really so other connections might starve right other serious connections serious processes that want to do some work might starve because of your idle connections other important stuff and processes and connections can use this freed up space but if you don't know the tcp descriptors is really small in size that that's what the connection really holds right uh, especially these days but, but compared to older computer 
that was significant. Not, not anymore, right? But even though the size is, is significantly small, the management of idle connections is also costly because usually when you have uh, file descriptors, you need to point to it, right? To, to know that, oh, there is an idle connection here. If you don't use it, that's fine, but it takes memory. But the processes that manages let's say 100,000 connections and uh, 100,000 connections and 90,000 of them are idle, gonna loop through 90,000 connections to find the connections that it wants, right? So there is management, there is a management overhead of managing idle connections costly. That's why you also need to free up these connections if you don't know them. Now, the problem with this is some clients kind of need idle connections to stay idle. It says, hey, I, I, I don't have data to send now, but I'm gonna send something soon. You can't close the connection on me because I don't want to take the overhead of reestablishing the connection. That's one, because that is expensive. That we know, right? These are certain requirements that the clients need to introduce i need the connection to stay alive and that's why the the tcp spec the rfc which is funny by the way i'm gonna i'm gonna show it in the screen here in a minute uh the tcp stack introduced the keep alive concept it is in the rfc in 1981 whatever this spec was written if you want to keep the connection alive for any reason right you have to send a packet that is empty right and that packet that is empty essentially says a keep alive flag it has a keep alive flag so you send it and that tells the connection so i'm gonna keep it alive sure and we acknowledge that keep alive flag. so we don't move the sequence number because the sequence stay the same right so we don't burn sequences but we get the connection to be alive. So now it introduces the concept of keep alive. But let's get this. The option to send these keep alive empty packets or segments must be, the application must turn it off by default. That's, the, that's what the RFC says. It says, hey, we don't like these empty packets. So we, we prefer that you don't keep the connection alive and close it. That was 81, obviously, right <laughs> again. So we prefer, and if you want to introduce the option to have the connection keep alive, it has to be configurable and it has to be turned off by default. And if you want to set it, the user cannot send these keep alive messages for a period less than two hours two hours like the connection will ever reach have you ever seen a tcp connection that lives for two hours in the internet i'm gonna talk about in the internet now in a minute <laughs> why but but yeah the minimum that you can send these keep alive has to be like at least two hours right so let's talk about keep alive tcp and middle boxes specifically routers in the internet right and what they do so routers route ip packets right they take if they see in layer 3 ip packets and they only supposed to look at the destination 
IP address and the source IP address and figure out where to send this next. And where to send this next depends on the routing table that the router has and depends on the cost of the route because it says, okay, you can go to this IP address through this, 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 this interface, this interface, this interface. Because the routers and the internet have multiple interfaces to send data through, unlike ours, right? The one I have is just one to my ISP, right? But uh, so it picks the shortest, most efficient path, which means that every IP packet can go to a different path, even though the destination is the same, right? And that yields to, obviously, the packets arriving out of order in case of an stateful protocol such as TCP. That's bad because the TCP stack on the endpoint has to reorder. And apparently the vendors of these metal boxes broke this rule and said, we know better than you, computer scientists who designed the TCP protocol and the IP stuff. We gonna hard code the path when it's a TCP connection because it's more effective. Why do we send packets all over the place? I'm gonna look at the IP packet, not just the destination and the source, I'm gonna actually deep inspect it. I'm gonna open up the IP beautiful packet. I'm gonna deep inspect it. I'm going to look at the content and I'm going to jump to layer 4. When I jump to layer 4, I can see the port. I can see the source port, destination port. I can see what are you sending to a certain extent. I can see that, oh, this is a sin. This is an ACK. This is a fin, right? A close connection. Or this is a keep alive. It know, they know this thing. And based on that, if it's a sin... They store the fact that this there is a new connection request from this source IP to this destination IP. And then they will pick one route and then statefully sticky, do a sticky route to always this thing. As long as this source IP and destination IP remains the same and also the port and the source port, they do a hash of these four parameters and the, okay oh is this part of the same connection this route i'm not gonna do a load balancing i'm not gonna co even if there is a co route that is shorter no we're not gonna go there it's better to go to the same route and send all the connection to the same route all packets to the same route because they will arrive in order and as a result the pa the back ends right the peers will not have to reorder segments so we think this is faster and this is what made the tcp actually single path okay now the tcp protocol is a is a single path per connection so when you send this connection on a continent connection it always go through a certain path on the internet Unless something breaks, obviously, that's when things change. But for the most part, it is a sticky path. So what's the problem with that? That means if you try to change the rules, if you try to do anything else, so if you try to do something uh, odd, 
the middle boxes these routers will detect it let's say you start to send a tcp content without establishing a tcp connection right so if you try to send this content right the middle boxes will say okay you're trying to do send some keep alive data or anything really to a destination that you never establish a connection before because they become stateful they know this thing and they will drop your packets so they know that this is always has to be you know stateful now they they made it stateful all the way right all the way from the peer to, from the origin to the source that even the middle boxes are aware of these connections they they drop packets that doesn't make they don't make sense for them and and that's why your isp can detect attempts to you trying to spoof your ip address if you try to send packets from your uh, machine and change your ip address which you can easily do right to something else your isp says mm, wait a second that's not your ip address where, where where are you sending this packet to well you're you're claiming to be coming from south america but you're actually in uh, vietnam nah block so they drop these packets so this, this is something very similar right so why am i saying this i'm saying this because you know loop it back to keep alive the introduction of keep alive by sending those content of empty packets of keep alive some middle boxes decided it is a good idea to ignore keep alive altogether so if you have a connection and you establish it legitimately with a sense and act so the middle boxes are aware that you made a connection but if you send a few data and then for a very long time you only started sending keep alive messages for the longest time you started just sending keep alive messages that are empty effectively the middle boxes will say wait a second this guy did not send anything for the past hour i am gonna drop my knowledge about this connection yikesy i learned that by the way from uh, daniel stumberg blog i'm gonna reference it below this is just fascinating so they would just drop the keep uh they would drop the knowledge of the connection so i are saying who, who cares <laughs> well all right if you start sending data now assuming you have a connection nobody will know you anymore these these packets will be dropped because we say oh you want to go to this ip address well sorry you don't you have not connected to this ip address before why are you sending it data why are you sending a tcp data you never established a connection before you did but it was dropped because you didn't send data for a long time so why do they do that beats me to be honest this vendors of the internet routers beats me right i don't i don't know why would they do that there must be a reason obviously uh maybe the cost of keeping a connection alive for a long time that are idle and i'm serving the entire internet i rather keep my routing table small because okay imagine how many tcp connections there are 
these connection the these routers store billions i wouldn't i wouldn't be surprised if it's in the billions right from all over the world right so if i can drop these numbers by killing those ideal connections if i can drop them to 500 million i'll do it i'll do it if i'm a vendor i'll do it screw you endpoints that are sending only keep alive messages i'm not gonna i don't care so what, what you might say i'm saying just just re-establish the connection again who cares well here's an, another example from um uh what's his name daniel blog uh the ftp stuff right <laughs> when you do an ftp connection and i i didn't know that for the longest i just recently learned that ftp does two connections actually one for transferring the actual data and one for the control messages says okay or uh, i'm about to upload i'm about to do this oh okay oh, your upload has arrived okay i'm about to download this uh dir uh, give me the list of content uh, there's a control there is a connection tcp connection for this control messages there is a con- tcp connection for the actual content most likely they're doing this way because the control messages take trumps the data right if i send you a control message to abort the upload you better listen to it but imagine sending it through the pipe with millions of content to upload i don't know movie right so that sounded british i don't know how it's like movie right so you you would up you want the abort to take precedence on the the uh, actual content so if you're flooded with bytes of uh of the actual movie content this this might not even reach the control message might not even reach that's why they had, i think that's why i think at least they did in the t2 t2 tcp connection but here here's where it breaks down let's say you're uh you're uploading a 50 gigabyte file so you're going to use the data channel right the data connection so the, this connection will be busy and alive nobody will ever dare to close it because you're sending content nobody in the in the middle will dare to close it you are legitimately active now the control channel is there sitting twiddling its thumb why because it doesn't know really, hey, i'm just uploading a file i'm just sitting here chilling I need to keep the connection alive, so I'm sending these beautiful empty keep alive messages. But the middle router gives me the middle finger and drops my control FTP connection. And get this. So you uploaded the content 40 gigs, I took let's be honest it took only 10 minutes because you have fast internet (laughs) and then uh, you you want to send the control message to save to store this file on 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 the server say hey sorry and give it this name whatever right when you do that that will fail because you're trying to send a connection And, and get this the peers don't know that the connection is closed that's the f- scary part. The middle boxes drop the knowledge, uh, drop the knowledge about the existence of this TCP connection, but the peers are not aware 
it's not it's not like the the and middle boxes will 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 send a fin or something like that no they will discover later right they will send this store message only to find out that it will never reach and as a result the connection will break and as a result the file will be lost and all and you just lost it 10 minutes uploading a 40 gb file 10 minutes i know it could be it could be more than that but yeah i'm just throwing guys but yeah that's bad that's why uh keep alive is is really you, you have to take it with a grain of salt if you want to use the keep alive uh option on the tcp stack and we still didn't talk about http http was gonna it's gonna talk about a little bit yeah yeah the whole internet thing man it, you can see the chaos it's like nobody's following any rules everybody's just doing their own thing really that's that, this is the thing that i that i am recently trying to uh come to understand that nobody's really following any rules just everybody's doing whatever they want <laughs> right and 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 groups don't talk to each other these rfc groups nobody talks to each other right a perfect example is the is the delayed acknowledgement versus nigel's algorithm both groups worked in isolation and came up with uh, two beautiful algorithms that are works perfectly in isolation but when they when you turn them back on together they are terrible <laughs> they break the whole the whole internet effectively but that was that's a tale for another podcast but this tells me just this, this the, the, how how the vendors have their own mind of their own they don't follow the rfcs and even if they do the rfcs not are not perfect obviously right <laughs> you, you can always find holes and updates RFC. you know yeah so at the end of the day i just i guess trust yourself right that's that's the that's what i'm trying to understand now so let's jump to http so we talked about keep alive and the tcp and the middle boxes and stuff like that and uh, the http specifically and then that is by design it's a request response model that's how http was built it was built as a stateless unlike the tcp tcp was picked as a transport layer to transfer the content i would send a request the server will receive the request and interpret the request the http request which is the get post whatever understand process the request on the back end and then send back a response and once you're done you close the tcp connection that was the design the initial http design is a request response you send the request you process and then you're done and then you have to close the connection because we want to keep things stateless right because it's a stateless. hey close the connection we don't we don't really keep any rigid you on the back end about a knowledge that needs that things need to exist for me the, ne the next time i make a request right so we close everything that turned out to be the worst decision we ever made with http right because imagine a website that has like uh, I don't know, a hundred CSV, C, what, what do you call these things? CS, CSS files, JavaScripts, and and then in recent days, like there's Tailwind and Bailwind and 
And I don't know, React does its own packages and stuff like that. There's so much stuff to download, right? So much stuff. And if you're if you're sending all these fluster of requests and you're opening and closing TCP connection with every one of the 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 internet will just collapse, right? And and uh, probably not, but your 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 performance will suffer, right? That's why Keep Alive was was invented, was brought up in the HTTP stack as a header. So say, okay, I'm sending you a request, and here's a header called connection, and I want you to keep the connection that we just created alive because this is not the first request or the last one that i'm gonna send i'm gonna send you a bunch of them so the the server receives that and so okay you want to keep the connection alive i'm gonna i'm not gonna close it okay when i respond i'm gonna keep it alive now as long as you send the on on the data on the same socket the 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 server will receive it on the same socket as well, right? So there is no additional overhead of me re-establishing the connection, which is the three-way handshake. As a result, we're happy. Now, this keep alive is different than the TCP keep alive, if you think about it, right? Because the TCP keep alive was, there is an active thing that we have to kind of send to keep it alive, right? The, the HTTP keep alive, it was our fault, in the spec, we said close the connection on the server. We said after a request is fulfilled, what was this word? Fulfilled, respond, close the connection. We want a free memory because memory is precious in the 90s. Was, it still is. So we have plenty of RAM now. Keep this alive because I'm sending a lot of stuff. So it, it really boosted our, our performance. And uh, as a result, now, this is the default. Even if you don't tell me to keep it alive, I'm going to keep it alive, babes. I'm going to keep this alive. Now, some questions, and this is when I started making my Nginx course. It's like, yeah, Nginx is so, they're right. They have, uh, they ask this question, Nginx. It says, okay, you asked me to keep the connection alive. For how long? You gotta tell me. I can't keep it forever. Do I keep it alive until you're what? You have to tell me. So, there is no HTTP header that is sent from the client to the server. Right? From the client to the server that tells the server to keep the connection alive for X amount of time. There, it doesn't exist. Right? So there must be a server back in configuration that says, okay, if I receive a keep alive request, I'm going to keep alive connection for 60 seconds. For example, that's, that's the default you can pick, right? And you can change that, right? We're going to come to why now we want this to be configurable. You can make it 120, 300, a year, right? But there's another timeout that you can also configure on the response. You can the server can tell the client, hey, I want you to keep the connection for X amount of seconds. So the server actually tells the client how long you can keep the connection. And this timeout could be different for some reason, right? According to Nginx, 
the server keep a life timeout can be different than the client keep a life timeout. So the question now remains, why would I change the default keep a life timeout? What would be a nice configuration here? If you keep that timeout high, again, it's a server side configuration. If you keep it high, then there chances that request that needs to be established on the same connection will thrive even in case of a delay or idleness right if there is an idleness of both the client or the server side the connection will be client and then at the last second oh the the user did another thing i i can reuse the existing connection and then i can send some content to it right and when you do that they just used it so i'm going to keep it alive for another 60 seconds right so the, there is no additional cost of reestablishing a tcp connection right on the other hand keeping the connection alive for too long will stack up a bunch of connections on your back end that may or may not be used and as a result again we talked about that a little bit the file descriptor size is not that big but if your nginx is in api gateway for example and it just receives a flux of requests millions of tcp connection it matters few kilobytes it adds up plus the management the process that manages these millions of connection also need to do more work managing a million connection is definitely a cost less than managing 500 million connections that's just by logic right you need to more work to manage these connections management means i have to have pointers and these pointers have sizes to these connections right all all of these small nitty-gritty things that we never thought think about in the back end matter and as a result you have to tweak this keep alive and there is no single timeout that works there is no single timeout that says oh this is the best one no it depends on your use case i know people hate that word but it does it does depend on your use case is what are you doing keeping the connection alive you can keep it for one second and go to the old model where every connection is closed and reopened it's your fault right or uh, you can you can uh, uh, you can go to the model where every uh, you can keep it alive as long as we want right but then in case of idleness then you're gonna suffer off these the cost of managing these idle connections this is obviously in addition to the same thing middle boxes keeping the connection alive even for 60 seconds in the middle boxes is challenging because how do you do that if you're idle what are you going to do are you going to send uh, empty keep alive messages and we just discover the middle boxes by ignore them so there must be a lot of fallback and i bet you the complexity of the code of the client and the server side will show this complexity because this connection can die at any time. You cannot trust anything. That's why HTTP is stateless. Hey, can one connection die? I don't care. I'm going to use another one. Because I'm not married to one TCP connection. Right? And with multi-path TCP, that's going to also change. Right? The whole thing is abstracted away. The beauty of all things. So that was a very long episode talking about keep alive. Huh? Guys, 
Hope you enjoyed this episode. I'm going to see you in the next one. You guys stay awesome. Go buy this.